You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. You're planning a vacation, an escape from the day-to-day routine of everyday life. You're looking forward to getting pampered in some sunbathed tropical island getaway, surrounded by cool, balmy breezes with the soothing, relaxing sounds of calypso music playing distantly in the warm island air. Doesn't it sound wonderful? Well, don't leave your pets at home. They want to go too. Welcome to Travel Tales, the show where you'll get great travel ideas on perfect places for you and your pet. From Paris to paradise, south of the border to the South Seas, Travel Tales will give you cool tips on fun vacation destinations to travel with your pet, pet-friendly hotels, and advice on how to travel safely and happily with your furry best friends. So get ready to pack the bags and the bones with your Travel Tales hosts, Susan Sims and Nicholas Veslowski. Hi, I'm Susan Sims. And I'm Nicholas Veslowski. We are your hosts for Travel Tales on Pet Life Radio. You know, as editor and publisher of Fido Friendly Magazine, we know travel. And we can't wait to share our years of travel experience with you during our podcast each week. You know, one of the topic discussions that we receive uh, a lot of requests on is about flying with your pet in the cargo area or in the cabin when your destination demands you to travel by plane instead of ground. I know, and it can be a very stressful time for both pets and their guardians, but if you find yourself making this type of decision, it is important to ask questions of the airline regarding safety and procedure. You know, a lot of our listeners probably won't know this, but you know it very well, Susan. When my black lab, Tasha, came home to me for the first time, she arrived by plane. I know. We actually shipped her from Idaho to California, where you were living at the time, and we were a little nervous. We had never shipped a dog before, and we weren't really sure what to expect. I was really nervous. I mean, we saw her in Idaho. We said, that's the dog, and then we had to leave to California before she could be separated from the owners at the time, so we were really nervous to get her uh, coming back down. Yeah, she was such a sweet dog, and we we took her to, there's a special spot, it's not where you would check in as a normal passenger, it's like their cargo station, and we we took her there, and and there was just a small area, but they let us just play with her and waited until about five minutes before they were going to board her, and at that time, we were able to actually put her in the kennel and, and watch them come and get her, and then they took her, after they loaded all the luggage, and then they came and got her and put her in the pressurized cargo area. So uh, that made us feel good. And, you know, of course, we had to wave goodbye. But she <laughs> she looked so cute. She was in there just looking out there like going, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> that's Yeah, you know, that's exactly how she arrived uh, when she came down. We picked her up in L.A. as she was looking outside the crate kind of curious. And it took us a while to find uh, the correct spot where she was or they brought her in because they don't – it's not with the normal flights and the oversized baggage. You actually – we had to go to a separate – place for oversized bags, uh, cargo for an, an airline. So it wasn't in the main terminal. It was actually a building you know, aside from it. And this is um, some good advice for all the readers. Please exercise your dog after you get them out of the crate because <laughs> they will have a lot of pent-up energy and they're ready to go. So, of course, you want to take them out and go to the bathroom. But what we did is we made the classic mistake thinking that Right after the cargo trip, she could go right in the car. And it didn't take about 20 minutes before she was bouncing back and forth between the front seat and the back seat, wondering <laughs> when the heck she was going to be released. Yeah, <laughs> so she, make sh- she, has, <laughs> no, she has a lot of energy uh, e- even now. Oh, she's only what, two or three years old, but and she's a lab, so a typical lab energy, if you can imagine. I can just visualize her 
you know, doing that, it's kind of like, wait a second, I've just cooped up for an hour or however long that trip was. Yeah, I mean, it's it's good to bring along toys or something. I mean, if they're if they're like um, my lab Tasha, um, if your dog loves to you know chase a ball or chase any type of toy, just to do that enough to where they get tired, and then of course you can get them water, but then that they're ready to go back into a confined space is is really helpful for your dog to kind of get over. Maybe some of the experience that they had, if it loud noises or anything like that. So yeah, and I, and I know after this, it wasn't too much longer after that 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 she had another experience, and you took off to do a trip to Colorado where you had to uh, take her as cargo in in the plane that you were taking. So what was that like? Yeah, correct. I mean, the, at that time, she was what we like to call a jet set pet. And, you know, she was ready to, to go on the, the plane, but it was a little different because she was going to actually be flying with us. So, um, you know, there were certain steps that you had to take uh, in order to make sure that the flight was a success. So. Yeah, so tell everybody what you did because I think this is important for people that are even thinking about doing this. Um, you know, if you call the airlines, I guess, is one of the first things you would do. Yeah, well, actually, I'm going to run through a good checklist. And uh, for all the listeners out there, if you got a pen and paper, I'm going to run through um, some items that will be good to kind of reference to. Uh, it's not everything, but this is definitely a good start. So if everybody's ready, the first ready. and foremost. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> The first and foremost thing is you want to make sure that Fido absolutely loves his crate. So what that means is that if you have to spend some time, you know, getting your dog ready and comfortable with being in the crate for long periods of time, it is well worth it for the ease of your dog. Once they start feeling like the crate um, is their den, then they get much more comfortable in any type of environment or anything that's going around because they feel safe in that environment um, inside their inside their kennel or um, crate. The second thing is you want to do is check the length of the flight and make sure that, uh, if at all possible, you have a direct flight. So that way you can avoid, you know, delays, lost um, baggage, or anything like that. You know, the length of the flight is going to be important to match up with your dog's temperament. And if you're going to be shipped, you know, if they're going to be shipped cargo or under the seat, may give you a good indication of how long of a flight you can take with them. The third thing you're going to want to do is, like you said before, Susan, is you want to check with the airline and their policies regarding flying FIDO, you know, with the appropriate feeding times, uh, kennel requirements, and required vet records and weight limits for your dog. The fourth thing that you're going to want to do, and this is one of the most important steps, is that you have to get a clean bill of health from your vet for FIDO to fly. Your dog cannot fly without any vet records, so you're going to want to be able to be there probably no more than 30 days out. Uh, most airlines will require vet records at the 30 days out. So I say about 10 days in advance is good to get that clean bill of health and make sure you have that with you and uh, plenty of copies even at home in case you know, you're know you somewhere and you, you lose the records, somebody can fax them to you. The fifth thing you want to do is prepare the crate. Now, by preparing the crate, there's going to be a few steps that you can do, but once you do this, you're going to feel a lot better about your dog if they have to be out of your sight in the cargo area. You're going to want to stick live animal stickers on the crate so you can let people know that there's a dog inside the kennel. You're going to also want to maybe type up a one-page profile of your dog and all of your contact information. You'd probably want to put a letter on there, something that kind of makes it more of a friendly feeling if somebody's coming up to your dog for the first time. They don't know if your dog is a friendly dog or not. So a simple letter saying something like, Hi, I'm Tasha. I'm a nice Labrador retriever and I don't bite. Please contact my parents if I'm lost and I will probably need <laughs> to be fed and walk so I can relieve myself. I'll be forever grateful. 
And you can tape this to the outside of the crate and maybe title it something like, If I'm Lost or Delayed. And then that way, somebody, if they can see a crate there for a little while, it's sitting there, they can, they can read through that and be able to take care of your dog. Uh, make sure that there's water and food dishes that are attached to the inside of the crate. Maybe put a t-shirt in there that has your smell in it and a toy that your pet uh, loves to be with. And then be sure to tape maybe a small bag of food and a leash on top of the crate so that if somebody is going to feed or walk your dog, they have those right there. The sixth and final thing is make sure that you give plenty of reassuring hugs and kisses. You know, when you're calm and confident, then your pet will follow your lead and realize that there's nothing to really worry about. If you get emotional about the separation and, and the trip, then your pet might pick up on some of this and may be cause for concern about the adventure they're about to take. So you can check with the airport about available areas on site, but plenty of exercise and play before takeoff really helps Fido prepare for the trip. That's great, and I, it was funny when you were talking about that. There's, there's actually different airports now that provide uh, dog walk areas, and one thing I found interesting is that, you know, there might be even be little doggy stations. I, I picked up some information about LAX, and I wrote this down. It has a small pet park. And it's mm-hmm. located at a certain part of the terminal. So you, this is one of the things you would also do is contact the airport and see if there are areas like this. But at LAX, there's actually a little dog house. And there's a stand. They have the plastic bags so owners can clean up after their animals and a trash cans. And then they gave oh, rules like, yeah, isn't that cool? And then in Austin, is kind of interesting. They have a dog walk. It's the airport. They call it the airport's dog walk. And it's landscaped and it's also lighted. So uh, that's kind of cool so if it's you know during the evening there's lights so you can see your way and they they offer a uh, pet drinking fountain uh, dog waste pickup bags once again and trash uh, and then at SeaTac they have a small area outside their main terminal to serve as a pet potty for traveling animals and they even have uh, absorbent sand and plastic bags and garbage bag you know cans there so mm-hmm. it's really interesting because as I'm more and more that we're we're with our pets and we're traveling with them and more and more that in airlines, they're actually making it really possible for you to enjoy the experience because now you don't have to worry like, where am I going to take my dog? Uh, they're setting up these special places, so that's it's really neat. Yeah, it's really good to see that it's making it easier. I mean, flying by plane is probably going to be one of the most nerve-wracking things about traveling with your dog because you, you may see this exotic location or you may see you know a place that's in a different state, but then you got to come to the conclusion like, okay, how am I going to get there? <laughs> so <laughs> If you have, you know, people that are making it easier and more comfortable for us to travel, then it just opens up the door so much more for us to bring our dogs everywhere we go. Yeah, exactly. And and actually, we're going to take a break because uh, we have somebody waiting to talk to us just about that type of thing. And uh, Susie Kerwin-Hagen is the representative from Midwest Airlines. And we're going to get to chat with her. And she's going to tell us how your dog can earn mileage when flying. So that's going to be a lot of fun. So sit and stay. We will be right back with more Travel Tales on Pet Life Radio. Attention passengers, please fasten your seatbelts, put your seatbags and sleeping pets in their full upright position, and prepare for takeoff. Travel Tales will be zooming back with more great travel tips right after this. There's nothing like a shaggy dog, baby. They're shagatonic. And this is the place to find out how to have harmony in the household with your pets. Oh, yeah. So stop by our pad every week and get switched on, baby. Switched on to the show that's all about attitude. Oh, behave. 
with your groovy host, pet edutainer Arden Moore. Yeah, baby, yeah. Every week on demand on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Approaching our final destination. The weather is sunny and warm. Ocean temperature is a balmy 80 degrees for those of you wishing to doggy paddle. Please exit to the front and see our activities directors, Susan and Nicholas, on your way out. Have a pleasant stay. Welcome back to Travel Tales on Pet Life Radio. This is Nicholas Veslowski along with Susan Sims. And before the break, we were talking about flying the fur friendly skies and the importance of preparing your pet for travel. And, you know, there is an airline that has actually taken a step further by not only providing excellent service to their passengers who fly with them, but also provides a premier pet program where your pet actually earns miles. Yeah, that's right. And on the line right now, we have our Midwest representative, Susie Kerwin-Hagen. Susie, welcome to the show. Well, thank you very much for having me today, Susan and Nicholas. It's, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. And you know I'm a big fan of Midwest Airlines having flown with you in the past. And I have to say my favorite part of the flight is the fresh baked in-flight cookies. Oh, <laughs> yes. I know. It is mine, too. Unfortunately, I have, uh, you know, had too many flights and too many cookies. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> You know, it's actually, I had no idea, and I have to tell you, when you're, when you get in your seat, and you take off, and you're sitting there, and everything's fine, and all of a sudden, this smell, this permeates Mm -hmm. the whole cabin, and Mm -hmm. it is to die for. I, I, my whole life, I, I'm serious, you're in, you're you're captivated by this, and you just can't wait for them, the, uh, the flight attendant to come by and offer you these cookies, and and they're enormous. I'm picturing it right now. <laughs> oh, it, it is wonderful, and it's the hallmark of our brand. It's a you know our brand, Midwest Airlines, is such a, a incredibly caring brand, and that's everything we do here at the airline as we expand our services and products. Really relates to um, excellent customer service and the true caring for others. Uh, and it, the, the cookies, you know, what is more warm and open and friendly than warm chocolate chip cookies and a cup of coffee or a glass of milk? I mean, that to me is just <laughs> has family written all over it. So yeah, it's a good feeling um, at home. <laughs> yep, yeah, a great a, a great element. And we've been doing that since 1987. And all of our aircrafts are configured to bake cookies in. Um, in the aircraft, and so that's why you know you people are who have not flown us before. We get these wonderful letters saying, "Oh my gosh!" Um, all of a sudden, I'm laying there and I'm just dozing off, and I smell this aroma comes over me, and I think, <laughs> "Where is it coming from?" You know, who has a scratch and sniff in the aircraft? You know, but no, it, it's truly our cookies, and it's um, it's just a, a when the flight attendant comes down with these warm cookies, tray of warm cookies, and napkins and and she smiles and looks at you and would you like a couple of cookies and that's just a very nice way and that's who we are that's our our brand and we're very um happy with uh the ability to extend that to others yeah and i think you know obviously we we uh we love that um facet but we also know that you're the pioneer for the premier pet program and there's all kinds of goodies that that fido receives when when they're aboard the aircraft so um why don't you tell everybody about the premier pet program what what is that and and what does that offer for you and your pet sure i'd be happy to 
Um, with my extensive history in uh, showing dogs um, and breeding English setters uh, and being an American Kennel Club judge for the last, uh, well, let's say, just say over 20 years, um, <laughs> I you never want to go into details about age, right? Uh, exactly. But, <laughs> but I, um, I really wanted to be able to build a program that was an extension of our brand, but specifically related to traveling with your pet and care of your pet um, when they fly. Because I know that, you know, flying, even, you know, human passengers flying, it's an anxious time and it's very hustle bustle and it's busy and it's congested and it's frustrating sometimes. And so I wanted to make sure that our passengers knew that we had a program that would offer comfort and safety uh, and also a, a few extra treats along the way, um, mm-hmm. and then also uh, be a reward or a loyalty program that would give the passenger something back. Uh, so I started with the basics of flying three times, and you get your fourth trip free. So you don't earn miles, but it's better than miles because you actually get a $150 value um, option in return. So you are able, once you complete three round trips, you will get the fourth round trip free uh, for your pet on Midwest Airlines, which is $150 value below cabin if they're a larger dog. And if there's a small, if they are a small dog, you will get um, a 200, it will be worth a $200 value, excuse me. Oh, that's so um, great. I mean, just yeah. to have an airline even think about including your pet in some type of reward program really, really says a lot. Well, thank you. And, and you know, it's, um, like I said, it, it all goes back to an extension of who we are. The biggest concern for me today, and, and it has been for many, many years, is the care um, that the pets receive while they travel. Um, mm-hmm. I know that there's this anomaly in the industry that, um, you know, it's a heightened concern about the safety. Um, you know, we've heard about Phoebe, you know, getting let out of her carrier and running. She's still out there somewhere um, <laughs> after coming home from a dog show. Um, it was an accident. Of course, no one wants this to happen, but it's reality. And mm-hmm. what I wanted to do is is train our people who handle our animals to handle them the appropriate, appropriate way to be able to engage with the pets to make sure that they're comfortable um, making just and and all that means is just being alert and aware of how their behavior is. You know, if they seem excited or anxious or barking or really um, upset, you know, we take the time our supervisors who watch that area where they're being held but until they get on the aircraft, they actually go and retrieve the passenger and have the passenger come to the pet to to make sure that the pet is all right. And because I don't want to put any pet on an aircraft that is not behaving appropriately or seems very nervous or anxious just for the Mm -hmm. pet's safety. Um, And I want the pet parent to come back to the pet to check that out. And then another tip is we provide blankets. You know, in the winter, we travel a lot to different cities that are very cold. And then what happens is we wrap the kennels. We put this blanket around the dog kennels so that they, of course, the dogs are very warm-bodied and they're made of a plastic material with the vents on the side. So we put the blanket over the top of the carrier so that the heat that the dog is generating stays inside the kennel. Um, oh, wow. And that that just per- gives them a little bit more extra comfort. And I think in a comfort of anxiety, too, because they see all these things happening around them. 
they have a very different smell, it's not familiar, and they have no idea where they are and what's going on. So it helps bring that anxiety level down a bit too. Yeah, you know, this One is actually other- really good info. I think, um, sorry, I didn't mean to jump in there. No, but- no, no, that's fine. I didn't want to take up a lot of your time, so I'm oh, trying no, to okay. hurry through it all. You're, you're talking even... at a problem. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to put some cookies in the oven while we're talking. Oh, yeah. good. Good tip. Good tip, Susan. Yeah, sorry. I can taste them. <laughs> no, it's, it's really good uh, for me to hear this, and I know probably for our readers, just because when you start to get ready for a trip, I mean, there's so much you got to think about, so much to worry about. But then on top of that, if you're going to be flying with your dog, and mm-hmm. you, it's almost like you feel like you're you're handing the life of your dog over to somebody else. And when you hand it over to a big airline, it's just that you feel like you're handing it over to almost mm-hmm. nothing. So to, mm-hmm. for I think for our mm-hmm. listeners to hear that there's someone and an, that an airline cares so much mm-hmm. about their pet makes us mm-hmm. feel that much more ready to take that step if it is our first flight or or to maybe mm-hmm. even go somewhere where we wouldn't have thought of to go before. Right. We, you know, it's so important. Um, those pets are people's family members and we realize that and understand that. And I do, that's something throughout the industry that I'm really trying to change is that image or stereotype of it being an animal. Um, mm. You know, they are animals, but they're people's family members and we need to treat them that way. Um, mm. They're precious cargo. Um, as my tags say, precious cargo on them. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I want our people to handle them as if they were part of their own family. So we make sure that dogs are lifted with, you know, a person in the front and a person in the back. They're not put on a bag loader and left unattended, um, mm-hmm. you know, just to ride up. And, you know, if you're, they're not attended, it's, they very easily can fall off of a bag loader. Um, mm-hmm. I want to make sure that all of our pets are strapped down inside of the aircraft. Not all ca- air carriers do that. And we went through every aircraft um, that we have in service and bought, purchased straps to actually, you know, strap each and every kennel down tight so that if there's any turbulence or any moving whatsoever, that crate stays put. We do checks on all of our heating, cooling, and pressurization okay. down there so that we make sure they're 100% operable and are working without any issues. So, um, And then a couple of the nicer things that we do, uh, we provide, like you said, Nicholas, packing for yourself is hard enough in your family, but then getting to actually pack for your dog, et cetera, is a big deal. So mm-hmm. they get a travel pack at the ticket counter, uh, complimentary, and in there are a few items that could possibly help while you're traveling with your dogs. Dogs get very dehydrated while you're traveling. So um, we've put a bottle of water in there for them so you don't have to search for that. And there are also security issues for that. So you take the bottle of water and you put it into your checked bag at the airport and you send that through. And when it comes off of the bag belt, um, you get the water out and then you retrieve your dog and you have water right there for the dog. Just bring along a bowl and your carry-on and you're all set. We also have some sample cookies in there, some just a little treats because you always want to have a little something in the dog's stomach when you fly. Not too much, but it's the nausea. Dogs get airsick like people do, so we need to address and have a little something in their stomach, just enough to help it feel settled. And then there, um, there's a fun uh, Foster and Smith. Uh, which is a dog supply company um, nationwide, wonderful company in Wisconsin here. They provide us with uh, dog toothbrushes and toothpaste for travel. Oh, and wow. we have uh, we have sample size 
shampoo and conditioner from Isle of Dogs, uh, mm-hmm. that they're a premier grooming uh, products. And so if you need to bathe your dog while you're gone, you have shampoo and conditioner. Or if there's an accident or something, it, you know, uh, you have supplies. And then, of course, the best thing in there is the copy of the Phyto-Friendly magazine. <laughs> so for all of you out there that are traveling... It's the best thing to have in your carry-on or in your suitcase or just in the car. Um, I love mine. I I take it with me in my briefcase all the time, and it's a great go-to. Well, it's a great it's a great resource for everyone. You know, people. I'm the dog person here at the airline, and we have five thousand <laughs> people that work here. So, um, people come to me and say, "I want to go to Colorado, and do you know of any place in Colorado that?" You know, you can visit with your dog, and I'm like, well, here, here's a magazine, read this, and then go to this website, and, you know, so it, it works out really well. It works That's out really well. You. Oh, you're you. welcome. Wait, you guys have definitely earned it. Thank oh, you. no, no paying. No, 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 no. <laughs> you know, when it's true like that, for those of us that really have the caring uh genuineness of our animals and and you know both you and Nicholas are doing such a wonderful thing for people out there and their pets and Midwest Airlines uh, you know we're doing our thing in the travel industry and you know when we all get together and put all of our wonderful things together this world's a better place um, for I agree. our pets. I think this industry being in the pet industry is probably one of the most rewarding things just because the people that are truly involved in any aspect that has to do with the care of your animal are genuinely good people because they wouldn't be in it otherwise. It's almost like every exactly. day you get to talk to somebody that is a fun and loving person. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. It's great. yeah. Yes, absolutely. It's, it's kind of like the heartstrings uh, industry. Oh, it, it, it does. It does. You know, and um, when we all pool together and our resources and our talents and our, our love for our animals, it's, it's amazing what we can all do together. Um, and I think that goes to everyone out there in the world. You know, uh, if you truly have a love for animals, you know, there's something that you can contribute somewhere, whether it's in your community or your town or your, your humane society or um, get in touch. There are so many organizations online to just, just make a difference. And, and uh, mm-hmm. please take advantage of it if you can. It's important for our Yeah, animals. I agree. They really no, do. And that's, that is important to, for people to remember. Yeah, and I know, um, you know, you expressed a lot of uh, great care as far as talking about when, you know, Midwest does have um, a kennel with a dog inside on its airline. If you wouldn't mind, Susie, if you could take us uh, step by step, um, you know, what somebody would expect when they are going to, you know, preparing to bring uh, their dogs to Midwest Airlines mm-hmm. and then um, all the way to the end. So, what they can expect before the flight, maybe also uh, if something were to happen, if, if the flight gets delayed or if there is a, um, you know, a change in flight that you're going to have to make a stop and change to another plane, how the dogs are handled in both situations, a delay or a change. And then finally, mm-hmm. probably when we come to uh, the oversized baggage and collect our dogs, what we can expect. Well, from the beginning to the end is the pet parent arrives at the airport and the pet is checked in at the ticket counter with their uh, health certificate and everything is tagged and labeled accordingly. Uh, The pet is then given their uh, Midwest Airlines Premier Pet Carib Travel and Treat because, of course, they can't have chocolate. So they get their cookie, too. So they get their customized little care of dog cookies at the ticket counter. Uh, and then they'll get their, the pet parent will get the Premier Pet Travel Pack. And uh, then 
depending upon when the passenger arrives with the pet, if they are two hours early and they check in and they don't want to leave the dog right away, you know, they can, depending upon how busy the airport is, um, they can keep the dog anywhere from up to an hour before departure or a half hour before departure, depending upon how long you think it's going to take you to get to security. Um, and keep in mind that the gates, you know, do start boarding about 20 minutes prior to your flight. So that's something to keep in the back of your mind. Then at, when you are ready, uh, we will call our handlers, our agents, to come up, and two of them will come up and take the dog back to a holding area that is heated and air-conditioned depending upon what time of year it is. And they will place the dog in an area where they will be held until they are put onto a special cart. And then potentially, if it is cold, they will wrap the kennel. If it's not, they will keep them in the air conditioning exceptionally late, be just maybe five minutes before the plane is going to depart because they want to make sure the dog stays cool or warm, whatever it is. And then they bring the dog to the aircraft. They um, put it onto a ramp up to the forward below bin, uh, which is we call um, our below cabin um, aircraft bin because it is right up near the pilots. There is nothing else in there but pets and maybe possibly a wheelchair if we have someone on the aircraft with a wheelchair. But um, we put our pets in there, then they are strapped down by the attendant. The attendant signs off that the dog was strapped down and it was loaded and the dog was in appropriate behavior, was seemed fine. Then that tag is taken up to the flight attendant and the flight attendant takes that um, acceptance tag signed by the ramp agent to the passenger on the aircraft. Mm -hmm. And okay. Right. So the passenger then knows that their dog is loaded and everything was, was A-OK. -okay. Uh, when they get to their destination, they will uh, go down to get their bags and they will go to uh, the baggage claim and get their bag. And then whatever, if they look around, they'll see elevators near the baggage claim. And the closest elevator to your baggage claim where your bags are coming off is where most of the time, 99.9% .9 of the time, your dog should come off on that elevator. <laughs> and then you'll just wait there for your dog. But, you know, when there are people and systems and things, sometimes get awry. But you can always stop at the baggage claim area and they can direct you to where your dog will be brought up on an elevator. The dogs are always unloaded first. But you will not necessarily get your dog before you get your bag if they're unloaded first. It's kind of a thing you might think, well, if my dog was unloaded first, why don't I have my dog before my bag? Where's mm -hmm. my dog? And that's something that just people just don't know, that the dog is actually brought back to the holding area that's heated and air-conditioned, um, and they are held there until they can unload the rest of the aircraft first. Then the dog is brought up to the passenger. And the reason that happens is because, you know, the ATA and the FAA, they have us on tight schedules, and we mm -hmm. have to unload that aircraft to get all of the gear off that aircraft um, and turn that, that aircraft around and board passengers in 25 minutes. So oh, wow. it's a big job. It needs to be done meticulously. And, you know, we don't want to rush, you know, bringing a dog up and the people aren't there yet some, or something happens. So we put the dogs off to the side, get all everyone else off first and the bags, and then we bring the dogs up to the passengers because then we know for sure that the passengers are going to be there waiting for their dog. Yeah, it makes a little more sense that way, too, and then they don't have panic set in. Well, sure, sure. It, it's def they definitely... Um, 
you know, that's something people don't understand, and I try to, you know, communicate that in as many pieces as I can so they do understand <laughs> why that happens. Yeah. Um, but if we do have delays or there's a maintenance issue and the do- there is a dog on board at the time, we will uh, actually ask, if we do deplane the passengers, we will ask the pet parents to come to the gate. Wow, podium. that's really neat. Yeah, and then we'll have them go get the pets. Down. We'll, ta- we'll escort them because, of course, this is all a very secured area. And we'll mm-hmm. take the pets off. We'll put them in an area that's comfortable for them while they're waiting as well. The pet parents will have an opportunity to, to water them and take them out to the bathroom. That's so, great. Um, and if there should be a problem with a dog that is being shipped on us by air cargo and it doesn't have a pet parent with it and they get hung up overnight... One of the people at the stations or our flight crews will take the pet with them overnight and oh, tend to it. Oh, so, so it's like a, oh, that's so sweet. It's that's a pet, a fo- pet, yeah, yeah. pet foster. I love it's a that. pet foster parent. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I love it. So it sounds to me like you can really fly any time of the year because the below cabin is temperature controlled. Oh, yes. You know what? I'll tell you. I have taken dogs out to aircrafts. Actually, during the Westminster Dog Show, um, I pretty much go to work and I load dogs because I know there are a lot of dogs traveling with us and I want to make sure that everyone is A-OK and boarded properly. So, you know, that's February in Milwaukee and that's pretty darn cold at that time. Mm-hmm. Wow. And they come out they come out on the cart with a blanket over their cage and they get, by the time those dogs are brought out, the aircraft's already been running, the engines have been running for a little bit. And it's darn warm down there. So they just go right into the warmth. They're strapped mm-hmm. down. You know, it's lit. They see people. And it's just, you know, it's no different than riding in the back of a van. And that's pretty much the story. <laughs> I, I love it. Is there, is there anything else you think that our listeners should know? And, and if not, I guess they could find all that information out on the website. Sure. You want to go to www.midwestairlineswithaness.com. And again, my name is Susie Kerwin-Hagen. You know, some of the other tips, you know, always check with a veterinarian first, but I don't, I don't recommend sedating animals just because people aren't aware and veterinarians aren't aware that altitude plays a role in the absorption of that sedative. Mm-hmm. And with every dog, it will be different. So mm-hmm. you don't, that's a little bit of an unknown anomaly. And there have been dogs that have passed because they were too heavily, the, between the sedatives, and the altitude, it just was not, the dog had an issue with that and did not, was not able to sustain that. Well, so be very careful. Yeah, be that's very careful sad. about that. Yeah, it is yeah. very sad. Um, be very careful with that because uh, I would much rather see you um, put cotton in their ears and go to your local um, health food store and get something natural. There's a lot of natural things out there. And, you know, maybe that'll just take a little bit of the edge off if you really think it's necessary. But crate train, crate train, crate train. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah get them to that love that. That is so man. important. If you want yeah. to travel with your dog, you need to crate train them. They need to know that that crate is their home and they're safe when they're in there. And that needs to start at home. Comfortable, safe travel with your dogs, whether it's in a car or a plane or a train or anything that moves, is to crate train at home from the time they're babies. And make mm-hmm. sure that they know that the crate is, an, is a safe place and a comfortable place for them to be and that it's not a punishment place. Okay. Right. If you're punishing, 
that don't put them in the crate because they'll pour, you know, they'll link those two together as well. So it's a reinforce that this is a comfortable, safe place for those dogs to travel if you ever want to travel with your animals. It's their home on wheels. Yeah, home on wheels. Mine are eight years old. Is it too late to crate train them? (laughs) Uh, Not really. Okay. No, it really isn't. It really isn't. You know, I mean, it is definitely not too late to train them. You know, yes, you're going to have to put up with a little bit of, you know, resilience and a little bit of... (laughs) <laughs> stubbornness because I, I think you ha- do you have labradors yes we have two labs and, and yeah uh, yeah and all kind of what I, uh, yeah <laughs> labradors can tend to be a bit on the stubborn side as long as they're exercised and tired they're good to go <laughs> yeah that's true that's true that's very true mm-hmm. as long as they are exercised um, yeah. but you know that's that's just one of the, the most important tips is that the training does start in the home it just helps them feel more comfortable yeah, in well, a very hectic environment you know. yeah. yeah, that helps because there's going to be a lot of loud noises and things you're going to mm-hmm. um, have to go through on the adventure. So, well, Susie, I want to thank you so much. This has been a lot of uh, great tips and, and info. And again, for anybody that wants to uh, find out more about the Premier Pet Program or to find out more about Midwest Airlines, just go to MidwestAirlines.com. Please do. Thank you very much for the time. Hey, thanks, thank Susie. You. Safe travels. And we look forward to talking to you again real soon. Me too. Have a great day. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. We're going to take a break and come back with our travel tips. So sit and stay. We'll be right back with more travel tales on Pet Life Radio. Attention passengers, please fasten your seatbelts, put your seatbacks and sleeping pets in their full upright position, and prepare for takeoff. Travel Tales will be zooming back with more great travel tips right after this. Schools in session on Pet Life Radio with Teacher's Pet. Learn how to communicate with your pet, train your pet, and see the world from your pet's point of view. You may even learn a few tricks yourself. Teacher's Pet with pet expert and author Sarah Wilson. Only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. We are now approaching our final destination. The weather is sunny and warm. Ocean temperature is a balmy 80 degrees for those of you wishing to doggy paddle. Please exit to the front and see our activities directors, Susan and Nicholas, on your way out. Have a pleasant stay. Welcome back to Travel Tales on Pet Life Radio. This is Nicholas Veslowski along with Susan Sims. And before the break, we were talking with Midwest Airlines spokesperson Susie Kerwin Hagen about uh, the Premier Pet Program. And she was kind enough to walk us through a lot of the steps um, that you need to take for the process of flying with Fido. And this brings us to our Fido friendly travel tip. When flying with Fido, be sure to contact your airline to find out policy and procedure. You want to make sure you have the necessary vet records and that Fido is healthy and ready to fly. Uh, Most airlines give you about a 30-day window for a clean bill of health and the ready-to-fly vet records. So you want to make sure to take into consideration your return date and that that falls within that 30-day window as well. Uh, Our January-February issue of Fido Friendly Magazine will include an informative page of websites and phone numbers for travel resources, uh, both domestic and abroad, for you. 
And if you would like to find out more about today's topics or just about traveling with Fido, you can go online to FidoFriendly.com to subscribe or just stop in one of your local Borders, Barnes & Nobles or PetSmart location and pick up a copy of Fido Friendly today. And, you know, we would love to hear from you with the questions or comments have. And please feel free to email us at PetLifeRadio. And until next time, safe travels and leave no dog behind. This is Susan Sims along with Nicholas Veslowski for Travel Tales on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio presents Travel Tales, the show where you'll get great travel ideas on perfect places for you and your pet. From Paris to paradise, south of the border to the South Seas, Travel Tales will give you cool tips on fun vacation destinations to travel with your pet, pet-friendly hotels, and advice on how to travel safely and happily with your furry best friends. So get ready to pack the bags and the bones with your Travel Tales hosts, Susan Sims and Nicholas Veslowski, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.